a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about interest rates and CDs and how they can help your bottom line. Joining me today is Jeremy Blair. He is the Vice President of Finance at Mountain America Credit Union. So welcome to the show, Jeremy. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me on. I do want to get to this because, first of all, we are recording this on the day that the Fed is expected to raise interest rates another three quarters of a percent. And this will be the sixth time this year that the Fed is raising rates. And when we hear about this, most of the time people are worried about how it will affect their mortgage payments if they take out a mortgage or refinance or car loans, your credit cards, anything like that. It raises the amount of money you owe back on those loans. But there's a flip side to interest rates on the rise, and that is we might actually earn a smidge more money in our savings accounts. So you're here to explain how that works. Definitely. I'm glad you point that out because it's it's nice to it's nice to have a little bit of positive energy we can put back into the economic world uh, when interest rates are going up. As you pointed out, all of the focus is really on you know, the bad news that rising interest rates uh, pose for people. You know, if, if you're young um, and you're starting out in life and you're out there uh, trying to get a home, get a car, get through school, start a family, these rising interest rates, those are hard for you, right? Because you don't, you're, you're in a wealth accumulation state of life at that point. But for people that are either retired or maybe approaching retirement age, you know, they have some of that savings. For the last few years, it's been incredibly hard for those people to find a good place to put their money where they can actually earn something. You know, they could they could go chase money in the stock market or or some people got really aggressive and went and chased a cryptocurrency and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, but the security level there was, was not was not ideal. Right. You don't want to put your whole nest egg out there in something that there's has so many unknowns. Um, you know, and savings rates and certificate rates were just, they were, they were awful the last few years with, with interest rates near zero. Um, so with the Fed getting aggressive to try to tame inflation right now and bringing those interest rates up, we're finally seeing some relief for those people that are net savers, uh, for those people that really do have some accumulated wealth uh, in some cases, or those that just want to start developing some of those positive savings habits, you know. You know, if you were, uh, you know, if you were, uh, maybe a teenager during the uh, financial crisis back in 08, this is really going to be the first opportunity you've had to, to see some real interest rates where if you save your money month over month, you can actually earn something. Yeah. Well, let's start with the people that maybe have student loans they're still trying to pay off and now they're maybe trying to get a new car or buy a new home. If 
they have a little bit of money left over, you can start putting that money aside. I usually recommend an IRA, but when you're that new, you also may not understand how the stock market works, which is where most of the IRA and your 401ks go. So you can start saving a little bit more money by shopping around and finding either a savings account or a CD or a high yield interest rates, which are different from what a, most banks offer, that will give you a little bit more return on your money. But you have to leave it there. The savings account isn't like a checking account where you put some of your paycheck in and you use that to pay your bills. The savings account is save. And if you do it right, you can earn more money in some of those savings accounts than in other places. I love your podcast because you always do have some real relevant advice for people. And I, I love that you point out some of those differences there, right? If you're employed and your employer provides you with a 401k, take advantage of that first, right? Especially if they have a match for you um, because you don't want to lose that. That's just leaving money on the table. But then to your point, if when you pay those bills at the end of each month and you pay your debts, right, because that's the first thing you want to do is pay down those debts as best you can because they're getting more expensive right now, especially if you got money either on a credit card or any sort of a floating rate debt that's just going to go up each time the Fed raises rates. Focus on that first. Pay those down. But then as you do that, if you've got a little bit more to set aside, that's where you got to decide, okay, now what do I do with this, right? What's the right place to put that? And you pointed out a few things there, right? A certificate or a CD, as they call them. Those are great if you know you're not going to need that money right away. Okay. If you say you're saving for a, for a car, maybe, or, or maybe you're, maybe you're saving up for a house and you know, you know, we've got our budget set. We know we can save a little bit of money each month and a year from now or two years from now or even five years from now, we want to put a down payment on a home. Um, that's a great place to start saving, you know, little by little. We at Mountain America, we have certificates that are kind of built specifically for that. We call them growth certificates where you can come in and you can put in a minimum amount. You know, I, I think our minimum is set at $5. You can just start with that. And you can put that in at, at the rate that that certificate is set for at that point in time. And then each month you can add to that and you can keep putting money into that throughout the life of that certificate. Um, they've got some caps, but they're pretty high, like $100,000 on those. Which for most people, if you're, you know, in that saving phase of life, that's more than enough to get you going and help you develop those savings habits. So that's great for money that you know you're not going to need right away. But you brought up a really good point, right? We don't always know how much money we're going to need every month, especially if we're living paycheck to paycheck. If that car breaks down or we have a tire blowout, that's an unexpected expense. You're not going to be able to go pull that money out of a CD because it's, it's stuck there. You know, it's, it's, that's the whole trade off, right? You're going to get a high rate of return, but you got to leave the money in place there. And that's where those savings and those checking accounts and some of those high yield savings accounts come in. Now, those all behave very differently, right? Yeah. A standard savings account. You put your money in there, you leave it there, you pull it out and move it to your checking when you need it. And, and, and those are great, right? And that's, that's pretty much your standard savings. Then you've got, your money market accounts, which are fairly traditional as well, put your money in there. Uh, you tend to leave it there because a lot of places have some restrictions on how many transactions you can make in those accounts. But if you know it's not money that you're planning on using, it's a great place for, for some of those rainy day funds, right? You know, your emergency stash of cash. Uh, you can put them in there and you can earn a little bit more money. Now, the high yield savings account, that's a, 
I won't say it's a new development, but it's fairly recent and they've changed a lot in the last few years with a lot of these fintech companies that are coming in. Fintech is just a generalized name that we kind of use in the industry for a lot of these companies that are really based around creating a nice mobile interface for you to interact with your money and interact with your banks and things like that. Most of them aren't actually banks though, right? Or credit unions or anything like that. They're just, they're kind of a middleman. Um, And that's not a bad thing. you know, the, the word middleman really freaks people out sometimes. Nobody <laughs> likes a middleman. But, you know, they really are providing a good interface for people to track their money in a way that's more user friendly to them than maybe what they've used in the past. Or maybe what, what their parents were using. Right. Um, going into your bank and receiving your paper statements every month. So, so you know, this modern generation of, of, of youth coming up, that's just not the way that they that they they function and transact. So what I like to point out is if you're going to use one of those high yield savings accounts, make sure you're aware of, of some of the risks um, and maybe just some of not necessarily risk, but just things you need to be aware of. So you don't get yourself into an odd situation. Right. We always start with insurance. Um, there's two major federal insurances out there that you need to look for. It's FDIC insurance for a bank and NCUA insurance for a credit union. A lot of these fintechs don't carry that insurance. Uh, they can't because they're not banks, you know. Right. Uh, you want to make sure that the banks that they're partnering with and the credit unions that they partner with are insured. And you can check that. Um, they're usually going to list it. Uh, but you don't want to get involved with a bank or a credit union or a fintech that doesn't have that insurance in place. That just puts your money at risk because something bad happens to the institution. You could either lose it completely or it could get tied up in litigation for months or even years and you won't have access to it. So, First and foremost, always check that insurance. Um, some of the fintechs will carry private label insurance and they'll tout that. Hard thing there is you, you really don't know uh, what level of insurance coverage they have. Maybe it's about 50% of your funds that are insured. Um, they don't usually advertise it if it's less than 100%. They're just going to say, well, we're insured. Most of these institutions are on the up and up and you don't going to have a problem with that. But you really need to look into it because there are some others out there, especially ones touting these really high rates that seem just outside of market. There's usually a catch there. Um, And that's one of the first things you want to check on is the insurance. We need to take a break. But when we come back, I want to go into more specific details about the differences between credit union, bank and high yield interest rate institutions. Assuming we've done our homework we can move into other details about that. So we'll be right back with Jeremy Blair. He is the Vice President of Finance at Mountain America Credit Union. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm gonna die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that, that affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it, and today we're talking about how interest rates and CDs can help your bottom line if you shop around correctly. Joining me today is Jeremy Blair. He's the Vice President of Finance at Mountain America Credit Union. So, Jeremy, you just went over in that last segment, very, very important to check out how an institution may be insured, whether it's FDIC if it's a bank or NCAU if it's a credit union. And I do need to let our listeners know I don't actually have my money with Mountain America Credit Union, but I do bank at a credit union. I actually have several different accounts out there. So my credit union, in my savings account, When I put money in, let's say it's just $100, every month I earn 0.012%. So if I have $100, every month I get $0.12 on my $100. So at the end of the year, I'm lucky to get $2. Now, if all I have is $100 to get started, that's okay. I mean, at least you're earning a little bit of money. But the more money you can put in, the more that interest will build. But what about CDs? How does a CD, the certificate, differ interest-wise than just a regular savings account? You bet. That's a great question. And if you had if you had two or three hours, we could go into that full, long explanation of how banks and credit unions operate. What do they do with your funds when they come in? But we're not we're not going to do that to anyone. I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Um, really what it comes down to is the availability of funds, right? When you put money in, in your checking account, you know, generally these days you don't see, you don't see a whole lot of interest rates on checking accounts. There's some that pay them, but they usually have some, some pretty high criteria with transactions. You need to make a certain number of transactions. You need to have direct deposit. You need to have all of these things that compensate the bank or the credit union for the cost of administering that account, Right. A general savings account that you pointed out where we're just not earning much on those general savings accounts anymore. Um, those don't have a whole lot of transaction cost to them, but they're also not available for the banks, the credit unions to lend out to people, right? Because it's the whole way that business model works for banks and credit unions is people deposit the money into the institution and they receive a rate of return. And then the bank or the credit union in turn is able to lend that money out to lenders. And it's, it's that cycle that keeps our economy growing. Um, what they offer instead is money market accounts or certificates, right? And depending on how much access you need to your funds, that would depend on where you'd want to put that, right? So your your general savings that you think you might need month to month, um, we talked about maybe that rainy day fund when something goes wrong. Those funds you'll usually want to keep in, in a money market account where it earns a little bit more than a savings account, but you're not going to be transacting on that account all the time. Now, if you're saving... Uh, and you have that extra funding where you're like, okay, I've got I've got a little bit more money now, and I'm, I've got a I've got my budget set, and I know I'm going to have an extra fifty or a hundred dollars a month that I can put into a certificate. You can put them into those certificates for you pick the period of time. Your bank or your credit union is going to usually offer anything from six months out to five years. Some go a little longer, some go a little shorter, uh, but that's the general range where you usually see those options set up. And depending on how long that time period is, they're going to compensate you for that with a higher interest rate, right? Generally, the further you out you go and you say, I promise I'm going to leave this money in this certificate for uh, five years, then you're probably going to earn their highest interest rate versus if you say, well, I'll leave it in there for six months. You're still going to get a better interest rate, but it's not going to be anything compared to what that five-year rate is going to be. So it's a trade-off on that time value of money. Right. Now, um, 
since you're with Mountain America, can you tell me if I opened up a six-month CD, what is your interest rate on that? At the end of six months, how much sure. interest will I get? You bet. So at Mountain America right now, if we were to look at our certificates, on a six-month certificate, we pay about 2.5%. I just want to, so people understand the math on that. If if I put in just $100 and I didn't touch it, I didn't add anymore, at, I would get 2.6% per month, or just at the end of the six months, I get 2.6% total. So it's a 2.5% on that particular certificate, and that's the annual interest rate, the APY, they call that, annual percentage yield. And you'll earn that over a 12-month period. Now, um, every institution is a little bit differently. Uh, most places nowadays pay that out in monthly increments, right? So they'll look at your balance each month, and they'll pay you one-twelfth of that each month. So on $100, if we did that, we'd be looking at about $0.21 cents a month. Now, that doesn't sound like much, right, on $100. And that's where it's nice to use that compounding interest. Um, and each month is as deposited, you then earn interest on that interest, right? Right. And that's the benefit of being paid monthly on that interest instead of waiting till the end of the year to receive the full amount. Okay. So if I put in the $100 after one month, I'll have $100.21. But then the next month, I'll have $100.21. Another 21 cents plus whatever the interest is on the first 21 cents that I earned. Right. So it's, it sort of adds up. Exactly. People, people exactly. You're, you're right on there. Now, the six month one, that's going to be your lowest rate. So if we were to look at, um, say, our two year certificate right now, as we look at that, uh, that's paying, that's paying 4.5% for, for if you're willing to put your money into a certificate for, for two years, right? So that significantly increases the amount of interest that you would earn. And over a longer period of time, with that interest each month compounding, uh, that, that turns out to be a lot more money in the yeah. long run. Now, I think you mentioned earlier that you can just put in as little as $5 a month in some of the CDs. So that's a benefit. If you're just really tight on your budget and you just want to start the savings thing because it's never, ever too early and it's never too little amount to start saving. Just just do it. Just start. Um, Absolutely. You know, our, a standard certificate at our institution in particular, a standard certificate would have a $500 minimum. But for those savers, as you point out, you know, people that we, we really want to encourage people to start to develop those, those, those good savings habits. You know, we're, we're a not-for-profit institution, as all credit unions are. Um, and our goal is to really help educate and guide our communities forward on their financial journey in life. Um, not everybody's in the same place. So for a standard certificate, $500 minimum. But if you're someone young or you're somebody who's really just starting to develop those habits, that's where you have these growth certificates where for as little as $5 a month, and you still get that same great rate. We're not changing the rate on anybody. It's not like a bait and switch or anything crazy like that. We just really want to encourage you to, hey, get out there and start finding out what it feels like to have a little financial security. Start with $5, put in an extra $10 each month, and watch that grow and watch that balance move up. It's a great feeling to know that you've got some of that security of knowing you've got a little bit of extra cash saved each right. month. But I do want to talk about the high yield savings and CDs, which I also have. So I have my regular credit union account, which again, I do have money in that savings, which is earning nothing basically. <laughs> but you know, it's earning. I'm good with that. But then I have a fair amount in uh high yield savings account and some in a CD. Now, for me, the high yield savings account is up to 2.2% 2 
as of today, it's going to raise again now that the Fed is upping their interest rates. But my CD just rolled over into a 15-month high-yield CD, and it's earning 3.5% over 15 months. So in less than two years, I'm going to earn quite a bit of money. However, both the savings account came with a minimum. I had to deposit a minimum of $1,000. At the, This was many years ago when I started. I think it's higher now. But the CD has a minimum of $2,000. So yes, you're going to get a higher interest rate, but you also have to put in more money. So it really depends on where you are financially. What can you afford to do? And that's why I love having a bunch of different options out there for listeners. Like you got to shop around. And and as you said, the first thing you got to find out is are they insured through FDIC or NCAU? Absolutely right. And and I love that, you know, you point out that you've got your money in a few different places. It, I mean, we've all heard the adage since we were children, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I think that's wise advice financially. Now, you don't want to spread it around so many places that you can't keep track of it. But you definitely want to make sure that you have have various financial vehicles driving your savings and your investing in life. Um, you, you pointed out some of those minimums that come with some of these high yield accounts. Again, nothing wrong with those minimums, but that's the trade off that you make. Right. Um, some other things to look out for in those high yield accounts that I that I often point out to people is sometimes it's a minimum. That's more traditional. But what we also see sometimes are some maximums on those as well. They may offer you, like you said, a 2.2% on, on that particular account. Some places will start with that and they'll say up to that first $2,000 will pay you 2.2%. Then when you hit $5,000, that's going to go down to 1%. Yes. And then when you hit $15,000, it's going to go down to 0.5%. And pretty soon you're right back to where you were with your regular savings account when you blend it all together. Okay, I have the story that totally fits with that. So I've had my high yield savings account for over 10 years now. And a few years ago, I sold a condo and I put the proceeds into that high yield savings account because I was purchasing a new home, but it wasn't built yet. So I had to wait a few months before I could close and put that extra money toward my next mortgage. So the first month I earned like $600 off of the money that I had put in there. And the next month it was like $25 because boom, they hit me so fast. They lowered that interest rate after they went, we're paying her way too much money. So (laughs) that was, that was a, a shock to me. I wasn't expecting that, but then I went back and read the fine print and I went, Oh, I maxed out your top. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's, you know, I, I I hear that story quite frequently. Uh, It's not always a condo, but it's, it's, it's usually a surprise because to your point, we, we don't always look into all that fine print. And, and with the high yield accounts, again, they function very well um, within their realm and within that tight window of how they're supposed to function. But but you're right. When you pop outside that window, you're not always aware you're going to do that. And it can hit you pretty hard. Uh, the other things they can hit you with are, are fees that you might not be aware of. And again, I, I wouldn't say the fees are predatory, but I would say they're not always disclosed on the front end in a real user-friendly manner, you know, they'll always say, oh, well, it's in the, you know, if you read your, if you read that 37 page disclosure that we sent you that you just check the box on at the end, but right. to be honest, we, we don't all do that. Right. Um, and you got to watch out for 
things there. You're never going to get hit with a fee when you move money into the account. But one of the ways that you got to watch, one of the things you got to watch out for is a lot of times there's a pretty high transaction fee when you go to move money out of that account. Yeah, um, especially if it's a CD and it doesn't matter if it's in a bank or a high yield, whatever. If you try to take the money out of the CD before the maturity date, whether that's the you agreed to six months or to two years, if all of a sudden there is some type of financial crisis and you don't have any option and you have to take it out, you can get hit up to like 30% fee. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to it's going to vary from institution to institution. Some of them are pretty stiff and some of them are scary. Um, most places, again, I, I try not to scare people and I try to focus on what we actually see. Most places aren't aren't that extreme, but they can be up to a year of penalty. Um, and frequently, if, if you haven't had your money in there long enough to, if it's been in there over a year, that's great. You lose a little bit of your interest. Um, if it hasn't been in there a year, though, that can cut into your principal as well. Um, with the high yield savings accounts, what you got to watch out for is um, the cost to move it out of their institution to another institution. A lot of times they'll hit you with a, with an exit fee, a closing account fee, um, a wire fee out. Um, and those are things that, that can be pretty steep as well. And so you just want to be aware of those on the front end, that you're not moving any funding in there that you think you might need elsewhere in one of your other accounts, um, because that can, that can eat up that interest that yeah. you thought you were earning when you go to move the funds out to actually use it. Yeah, and that's, again, why you need to do your homework, not just on the insurance, but what are you getting yourself into? And I researched a whole bunch of high yield interest um, institutions before I settled on the one that I have a lot of my money into. And just so people know the reason I have separate accounts, the savings that I have in my just normal credit union, that is what I'm calling my emergency fund. If I have a flat tire or something that I have to have money right this second that I can pull out. The high yield savings account, it takes up to five days. If I request any money out of it, it'll take up to five days to get it. So that is where I have my three to six month fund where if I lost my job or something happened and I needed money to get myself through for a few months, that's where that's it. Because you're not going to need that money within five days, most likely. If you lose your job, you know, you don't have to pay your water bill today. So things like that. And then I have a CD just to earn money in the background. So it'll, it just keeps rolling over every 15 months and, you know, we'll see what it is when I finally decide to cash it out. Exactly. And, and that's, you know, and that's, that's a, that's a really wise approach. Um, I love that. You know, you, you set up each of your accounts, you know, we talked about spreading that money around. Um, every time you open an account somewhere, it should really have a specific purpose. What am I doing with this funding? Why is it going here? What are my needs for it? Um, you know, we've been talking about the high yield savings, something you don't see quite as frequently, but it's popping up more and more. And I get questions about are the high yield checking accounts. You know, oh. generally we see checking accounts. We don't we don't really expect to see too much of a yield on those. You might have some reward programs on those checking accounts, but some of these high yield checking accounts, um, you know, they have some pretty steep requirements on them as well. Um, you know, you need to have maybe 10 debit card transactions per month in order to receive that rate, or you need to have direct deposit. You need to have um, a credit card attached to it as well. There's a whole list of, of usually criteria that you have to meet in order to get that, get that higher interest rate. And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, as you pointed out, do your research because sometimes if you don't hit each of those criteria, one, you're not going to get the interest rate that you were hoping to get. But two, there are oftentimes fees involved with that. And you can get hit with some pretty steep fees on those accounts. 
But there's one other thing I really want to make people aware of there. When you're going through these third-party uh, fintechs, oftentimes they're not a bank. And there's another adage that we fall back on, and that's if you aren't paying for the product, there's a good chance you are the product, right? Okay. So you really need to be looking into the privacy policies. When you're dealing with a financial institution, you know where your privacy lies with a bank and with a credit union, especially with a credit union. We're not going to we're not going to sell your data to a third party. A lot of these fintechs, that's actually where they make the money that they can use to pay these high yields to you is some of them. I'm not going to say all of them because it's definitely not all of them. Some of them are very transparent about that. But a lot of them will take that information, your transaction data. Who are you buying things from? How much are you spending on XYZ category? And they will sell that data to a to a third party affiliate because just like we've learned in, with social media over the years, right? They're not in that business for free. They're collecting a lot of data on you that is very valuable to third parties on the outside. So you really just want to do your homework. Make sure they're not selling you data um, because that data is extremely valuable to someone out there. You just want to make sure that you're comfortable with the way it's being used before you go into an account with someone like that. I do have one last question as we wrap things up. What is the difference between interest rate and APR? Because when I was sold my CD, it was 3.5% APR. Like, ooh, ooh, great, you know. And then you get your statement and the interest is 2.78% interest. And I'm like, you told me 3.5%, <laughs> but that's not what it's earning at least month to month. So why? It's a, it's a great question. And, and it's one that, that I get asked frequently and... uh it's one that works really well when you sit down with a pen and paper. It's a little bit harder to talk through it because you do get a little bit into the financial weeds with that. But I'll say this. It's not a trick. <laughs> it sometimes feels like it is, right? You're yeah. like, whoa, wait a minute. You told me 2.5. You know, I'll use for an example our, our 24-month certificate right now because it's one of the best rates in the market, right? And you can earn 4.5% on that as an APY. Uh, APR is usually what you, annual percentage rate is usually what you see on loans and a, annual percentage yield is usually what you see on certificates. They mean the same thing. They're just a slightly different naming convention, but that 4.5% has an actual rate of 4.41%, right? So slightly lower. And what that is, is the APY, and again, this is regulated, but what it is, is the rate is set at that 4.41 on this particular 24-month certificate, right? It's a great rate. Now, if you let your interest sit in that certificate for those 24 months, or really just for 12, because it's, it's calculated on an annual basis, that's that annual percentage yield, right? And they say that once you compound that interest, and as you earn interest on that interest, at the end of the year, you're going to be at 4.5%. Now, that's based on a 4.41% interest rate that you're getting paid each month. But again, it's that compounding of the interest each month. As that adds up by the end of the year, if you look at that rate that you're earning on your 15-month certificate, you'll see that it actually comes out to, at the end of that time period, the, that what, what that APY is. Oh, uh, okay. I think voted is 3.5%. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, because I have been meaning to ask several people, and I keep forgetting. Glad I could help. <laughs> All right. Any other tips that you have for our listeners as we wrap things up? I would just say... It's a scary time out there right now. Uh, you know, if you're watching the news, if you're reading the newspapers, you're hearing about inflation that's out of control. And, and that's true. And that's a problem. And, you know, and the Fed's trying to tame that. I would say, just remember, stick to your budgets. Listen to podcasts like this one. You, get, you have great information on here. Every time you put one of these out, whether it's about savings accounts or saving for a home or shopping your mortgages around, 
make sure that you're keeping a budget. Those budgets are important. They're going to protect you. Try to stay within those budgets. And if you do that, you're going to come out the backside of this, this inflationary period just fine. Nobody ever at the end of the day says, gosh, I wish I'd saved less money. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Jeremy Blair. Again, you are the Vice President of Finance at Mountain America Credit Union, and you've helped talk us through why it's important to put money in savings or even in a CD, which will earn you a bit more money along the way. And just make sure you're shopping around. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.